Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and has commanded us to be engaged with the words of the Torah. O Lord, our God, we ask that you make the words of your Torah sweet in our mouths and in the mouths of your entire people, the house of Israel. May we, our descendants and the descendants of your people, the house of Israel, know your name and study your Torah for its own sake. Blessed are you, O Lord, who teaches Torah to his people Israel. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who chose us from all the peoples and gave to us his Torah. Blessed are you, O Lord, who gives the Torah. All righty. So Acts chapter 15, verse 1. So men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you're circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. How do you feel about that statement? It's loaded. It's loaded. I'm just about to say that. Really? All right, so why is it loaded? It's a lot of background that goes into that verse. Do you agree with it or disagree with it? Oh, well, I disagree with it. Disagree with it. Disagree? We're all disagreeing. If they would just read Hebrews 11, they would have... Here it is. (laughs) Right. All right, so, unless you're circumcised, according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. In English, what do they say? What, what is their theological position? Unless you convert to Judaism and become a Jew, based on the traditions established by... Let's not get all lengthy on it. Well, no, but, that, but that's the point. Is that according to the custom of Moses, is a phrase. It's not a... No, I understand that. So but what's their bottom line? Their bottom line is you have to be a Jew. you got to become Jewish. And that you sure. can become Jewish. Sure. Via circum... Via conversion as ordained by the leadership. Right, exactly. Because it's a safer way to deal with Gentiles, ultimately. Forcing them to convert. Yeah, yeah. There were Jews that forced other Jews that had never been circumcised to become Jews. (coughs) Right before the the days of the Master. That's what happened. I think they only really get the serious ones when you require (laughs) conversion. That's the whole idea, right? We're, we're going to make sure you're serious about this because we're going to cut off parts of you that you were hoping to keep for quite a while. You never get the back. And you don't get it back. <laughs> um, but you know what's ironic about that is, while I disagree theologically, obviously, as we just said, the, the, Jews, the, the Jews who argued for this and who still do via conversion as, as orthodoxy does today have a point. Because the brothers here, the, the, the way, opened up to Gentiles, just as we read in this passage, and within about 60 years, the entire movement had been taken over by pagans. Yeah, I would, I would argue probably less than 60 years. So, I mean, like it's 40 like... To, 40 to 45 years. So while right. this, I believe that the, the council was correct, I believe that they followed the biblical model, the irony is the fear that the Jews have is very well founded. Absolutely. And, I mean, the Talmud teaches that you shouldn't trust a convert for, what, three, four generations or something like that. Um, Because we're not normally trustworthy, basically. Okay, so, so who are these people? Who, how would you describe these guys who came down from Judea? By the way, isn't Judea south of Antioch? 
So how is it that they came down? Judea is down here in the south of Israel, and we have Jerusalem and Bethlehem and all that kind of stuff. And way up here, we've got Antioch. So how is it that they came down from Judea? Elevation altitude. Sure, yeah. we, we go up to the Holy City, mm-hmm. right? If you've been in Israel, you know. <laughs> topography is dramatic. Yeah. I mean, you can actually, out of the Dead Sea, the lowest point on Earth, you can actually get flooding on a clear day because it's raining in Jerusalem. Up, upstairs, that's right. All right, so, so they came from... The water comes all the way down. They came mm-hmm. from Judea. How would you describe these people? These people who said, unless you, you're circumcised, you cannot be saved. They were men of some authority. Okay. Because they were teaching. Okay. Jew? Not Jew. 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 Cautious Jews. Say again? Cautious Jews. Cautious Jews. I like it. You could be reform, conservative, orthodox, or cautious. <laughs> All right. Seems likely that they are in some sort of, um, to your point, religious leadership kind of movement. In because and whenever you, and throughout the Book of John, in particular, whenever you see the term the Jews, right. it has nothing to do with ethnicity. It's everything to do with location, because the, um, generically speaking, the most pious, most religious Jews lived around Jerusalem. Right. Obviously, that was where the temple was. That's where you wanted to be most of the time. So if you lived in Galilee, for example, you were either one of those kind of hippie hippie prophet religious types, or you're just another Joe Schmo uh, up there. Because (laughs) if you were really religious, most of them wanted to live in Jerusalem. Sure. Because that's that's where all the parties were. That's that's where it's happening. Okay. Would you infer that there could be Pharisees? Since their teaching is consistent with the teaching of the Pharisees in verse 5? I don't think the Sadducees had any desire to do anything outside the temple. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly making converts was not their play. The Pharisees we see were making converts, you know, not all the time, but it was their practice. And they certainly had determined how you converted. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I guess we could we could surmise that. I, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't say dogmatically they were Pharisees, but, you know, obviously men of authority, they are teaching. They're coming from... You know the Jerusalem area, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so that's the deal. What's interesting is it seems like there's two different groups here. Exactly so. So verse five is different than verse one. You pick that up. Oh. I didn't notice that till this year. So verse five. But some believers who belong to the party of the Pharisees hmm, rose up and said, "It is necessary to circumcise them and order them to keep the law of Moses." Now. I think the crux of Acts 15 and being able to understand what happened here is understanding that there are two groups with two flavors, two different things that they're saying. I think, at least in my past, we mixed it all together into one ball of theological goo and said, ooh, we got to fix this. So... What's the second group, which definitely are Pharisees? What's the second group saying? What's, what's their theological? 
So the first group according to Todd is incorrect. The second group according to Todd is correct. Presents uh, to be saved. Well, hang on a second. What does it say again? If, if, if it said it is necessary to circumcise them and inform them to keep the law of Moses, we would say, yeah, of course. The, I think. Okay. Two different statements, really. The first one says to be saved. Soteriology. Study of salvation. Right. The second one. The next one is they do need to keep the law of Moses. It's it's not the salvation, but it's what's the word? Nine dollars starts with S. I disagree. Okay. I think that this particular verse is maybe not quite as dramatic as they must be, or they have to be have this to be saved. But I think that this verse in verse five is very much similar to what's going on in the book of Galatians, but two later, because the if you, so there's a couple of key components in in conversion. Number one, circumcision, actual circumcision, is a critical component of it. That it's oftentimes a shorthand for the entire process. Right. Number two, you have to have an offering, and then number three, you have to you have to effectively uh, commit to Keep keeping the, the entire the Torah, Torah as handed down by the sages. This is today the same process. Sure. If you process. want to convert, you can't walk into a synagogue and say, "Lop a piece of me off, I'm ready to go." You have to first spend many months, and you have to prove that you can keep the entire Torah before they'll really even let you keep the entire Torah. Right in the middle there, bud. Right in the middle? No, 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 no. Hey, brother. Hey, how you doing? Nice to see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good to see you. So, it seems to me, this, this is my opinion, yes. that this is not necessarily an issue of salvation, but it is an issue of community. If you want to be part of a community, you have to convert to Judaism. Okay. In the same rigid format. So, so back kind of to the original question. Jonathan says the first statement in verse, we're in Acts chapter 15, verse 1, is for salvation. Agreed. And that the second one in chapter 15, verse 5, is for sanctification, after salvation. That it is necessary, he's talking, they're talking about believers. It is necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the law of Moses. I hear what you're saying, but I'm not thinking that that's consistent with the first deal. Well, no, I'm not saying it's the same thing. Okay, so, so, so is it a salvific point? No, I don't think it's salvific. Right. I think it's fellowship. I'm, let's hang on hang on, fellowship thing because it's too detailed right now. But let's community is, I guess, maybe the bigger, better word for that. It's right. like, you want to be part of our community? This is how you get in. Yes, we can argue that technically Yeshua is a method for your salvation, but that's kind of irrelevant. Well, you're adding an awful lot into their statement. No, 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 no. Just listen to me. That may be the, the method officially, but the practical outlier of that, what does that look like, is conversion. Okay. What? Just let's, not quite the same thing as sanctification. Let's talk it around a little bit. Well, they specifically mention the law of Moses, though. I know, but that's that, a, they don't say it's necessary to circumcise them to be a part of our community. No, but circumcise, and, I think circumcise is a shorthand for this, and law of Moses is a shorthand as well. Sure. I, it, 
not like customs of Moses, though. Like they're specifically referring to Torah, which is sanctification. I would also argue that verse five begins with "but," as if they are stating something that is different than what these guys, the first guys are saying. I don't know. I think it's in contrast to verse four. Okay. In contrast to verse four verse is coming four. from when they, speaking of, of Paul and the and the others. Um, came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the assembly and the apostles and the elders, and they declared all that God had done with them. So they're coming back and they're saying, this is great, we got all these Gentiles, they're getting involved, they're following God, they're, they're learning, they're, they're part of the community, but some believers who belong to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, it is necessary to circumcise them in order to keep the law of Moses. I think this, the reason why I'm saying this, the reason why I'm arguing so much for this, is because I think this lines up in the end with what the decision comes down from James that James is responding to this issue. Let's not jump to the end just yet. I really want to get more conversation going before we throw it in. What were you going to say? I was going to go sort of towards the... I was going to mention the burden. Let's wait on that. Let's just look at what the text (laughs) says. What else do we know about this going on? Groups, location, what do we know? Just from the text. What's in Jerusalem? And they must have called this on church or something. Right. <laughs> where's where's fifteen one physically happening? Antioch. In Antioch. Where is fifteen five happening? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. So it's not like the first group stands up and says, In order to be saved, you have to be circumcised according to the custom of Moses, otherwise you can't be saved. And then this other group over here stands up and goes, no, no, wait a second. That's not true. This is right. this is different time, different place. Really different conversations. Yeah. Could be different conversations. Even maybe the same topic. But, but, yeah. but it could also be from the same group. Group. Because true. they came Possible. from Judea. Possible. Could be. Yeah. Uh, who came from Judea? The some men. The some it's, men who came down and were teaching. It is interesting that those men are referenced that way. And I don't know if that's an effort. Okay, so Lashon Harah is very important. We try not to speak evil of people. I don't know if the very generic some men is an effort not to malign a particular group. They get maligned later on. Well, possibly. James makes it clear. They messed you up. We didn't send them. They didn't have our authority. Because the some men is an odd. It's odd. It doesn't have any... Real identification. Well, that's why we're you know we're guessing maybe they were Pharisees you know mm-hmm. but it doesn't say mm-hmm. and it specifically says some in the Pharisees rose up in verse five mm-hmm. right. so you're right I mean maybe they were ne'er do wells young men with nothing better to do but mix up Troll. the the theocracy <laughs> of a first lot century of trolls trolls oh, <laughs> hooligans out for a good time. Yeah, that's right. Some really fast cars. That's right. So, Spain preaching. Right. So, as we approach this, to my two questions in the study guide on 37, are the points being made by the same group? Now that you recognize two different places and two different times. And if they're being made by the same group, are they making the same points? Or whether or not they're making the same same group? What's your thoughts? From the text. 
Scott, what do you think? No, I don't think they're making the same point, clearly. I was just looking back over here to, in verse 2, which we kind of skipped over. Paul Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them. And so then the those there in Antioch told Paul and Barnabas, go back to Jerusalem and get this settled for us. Right? Right. So it's almost as if, in, and then in, in verse 3 they went back and they said, here's what, what God's been doing up in Antioch. And we ran into these guys who said that. And then the Pharisees said, well, wait a minute. A group of the Pharisees. Right. Not group, all of them. Right. Some believers who belong to a part of the Pharisees said it's necessary to circumcise. Yeah, we think it's necessary to, circ to circumcise them and order them to keep the law of Moses. But they stopped short, as it's been said here, of saying it's, and their salvation is dependent on that. Well, I think to argue Joshua's point for him, I think that he's trying to point out that the phrasing is code for the same deal. Maybe different motivations, but similar end result. That when, when a Pharisee says they need to be circumcised, it's shorthand for they need to convert. Right. I don't no, know that no, I can no, be dogmatic I, about it, but I... No, yeah, I don't disagree with that either. But the first group was saying the reason that they have to do this mm -hmm. is to be is saved. To be saved. Mm -hmm. So and the second clearly group, we don't agree with that. Right. And the second group didn't attach that condition That's true. to why they should be circumcised mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. why they should keep the law. Which, which is why Joshua was pointing at yeah. right. the fellowship, be part of the community kind right. of thing. Right. You know, if you don't get the kind of haircut that we got, you can't be a part of the skinheads here. Which, yeah. not to try to belabor this too much, but it's consistent with Pharisee tradition. I mean, as you've pointed out in the past, we know that Yeshua at least maintained a, a certain degree of piety for fellowship reasons, even if it's like it was necessary, right. because there's no way the Pharisees would have had him in their home eating with him. Right, on, on, a, on a, what seems to be a routine basis. It, unless, or they were following around a gallon. Unless he was at least pretty close, if not exceeding their standards. Sure. They're very careful with the associate with. Sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, I was just thinking that it is, it's interesting though that it specifies believers. Like, I think it's easier to buy that if it's just the Pharisees. Because, yeah, they would have been steeped in this tradition of, of conversion and how important that was. But I, it's interesting to think about whether or not that would have changed at the point of kind of becoming believers. Because I think that we're, we're supposed to assume if they're believers that they've been learning along with the apostles and, and digesting their teachings and sure. whatnot, which would have included the whole idea of sort of that one Messiah. And, yeah, and, and salvation. Right. So that right. belief in Yeshua is that's, all that's, that's necessary. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I do think that belief in Yeshua, well, for, for salvation is not what they're getting at. But I think that, because um, it's fun to disagree with you sometimes, um, I, I still feel though, if you look at the if you look at the question, the, the rest of the discussion. I'm, I'm trying to get too far ahead here, but it's as you like to ask, as you asked in the question, the apostles and the elders were gathered together together to consider this matter. Well, the entire rest of the conversation that they have is, I guess, the question is, what is it about? Because it doesn't really seem to be about salvation. Well, verse eleven, they summarize it, but. Here's our summary statement. Well, we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Yeshua, just as they will. 
But then the question mark becomes, why do, what is James's answer and why? Because James is... Well, I don't think that we can jump to James and say we can determine what these people meant by looking at his answer. Well, I think true. we need to try and fi- figure out as best we can what the question on the table was. Because, I mean, just let me go ahead and, and throw this wrench in the uh, monkey works here, or the monkey wrench in the works, or whatever. Um, when they say it is necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the law of Moses, I'm going to go ahead and argue that I think that they were right. Let me ask you this. Can we determine what time of year this might have been? Is it possible to figure that out? Is there any way to get around there? Definitively? You're thinking maybe a little bit before Passover? That's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah I, so maybe not, but I think my point is, is, is down that road is to say, okay, let's just assume that everybody here in the room and everybody who's listening to us online believes that followers of Messiah Yeshua should be keeping the Torah. Let's just assume that. And I agree with that. And I agree with that. I mean, that's what our community is all about, right? So if that's the case, then... If you still have a temple standing, then you have no choice if you're a non-Jew and you become a follower of the way. If you become a follower of Yeshua, then if you're going to start keeping the Torah, there's no doubt, absolutely, it's guaranteed that within 11 months and 354 days, you are going to be circumcised because you are commanded to eat the Passover and no uncircumcised man, Jew or Gentile, may eat the Passover. Boom. Done. Which means that what these Pharisees, believing Pharisees, are saying is we need to get these guys circumcised and we need to tell them to keep the law of Moses is something that I would agree with. Now, the flip side of that, of course, is our friends at First Fruits of Zion. Right? They believed exactly what I just said. And then one of their mentors said, you know, you're pushing that people in the church need to keep the Torah, but the apostolic scriptures never comes out and actually says that. Now, it certainly seems to imply it to me, but it doesn't actually come out and say it, because, I mean, that's what we're looking for in this whole study. So they changed their theology, and now they teach and have for four or five years now, right? Longer than that. That if you're in the church, you know that you really should be keeping the Torah, but you don't have to keep the Torah. If you want to keep the Torah, you can keep the Torah. It's really fun to keep the Torah. You should try keeping the Torah, but you don't have to keep the Torah. And it's just a very confusing deal. Keep the Sabbath. But don't be keeping You're not allowed to keep the Sabbath. Well, now now they're talking about sign. Well, you know, that's a sign thing. It's a sign for the Jews and not for the non-Jews. So... I kind of got stuck on one point you just said. Ephesians 2.10 does come right out and say it. Ephesians 2.10 said, comes right out and says that we need to keep the commandments of God? I believe it does. For we, is, we are his workmanship created in Yeshua Mashiach for good works, good works which, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Hmm. 
you're preaching to the choir. I'm gonna have you're gonna have a tough time not convincing me. Um, I agree. I think and, it's pretty clear I, what I think, those works are. Well, I, I think even if you back up and look in uh, Matthew chapter five, if you love me, you keep my commandments. So you I mean you can gyrate any way you want. So back to the text. I know at least the two of us are thinking we need to keep the Torah. Three. Do I have four? Okay. So, you know, bottom line, what are these guys talking about? I thought the first group was saying, if you if you got if you if they're if they're gonna be saved, they've got to be circumcised. They need to convert to Judaism. And as you pointed out, that's what Judaism by and large teaches today. We don't agree with that. Paul certainly doesn't agree with that. The Bible certainly doesn't agree with that. We're saved by grace. And you know, as we go through the book of Romans, we're going to see very clearly, just because you're Jewish doesn't do anything for you other than give you some responsibilities to hang on to the Word of God and share it with everybody else. And a really good head start. And a good head start, perhaps. So, if the brothers that are Pharisees are saying, okay, these believers need to be circumcised, and then ordered to keep the law of Moses. I can agree with where they're coming from. And I might even agree with what they're saying. So unless there's other comments about what they're saying, there's two. Then we'll start to roll into the rest of Acts 15 and what the group said, and then ultimately what James said. You go first. Well, I was thinking it's actually, <clears throat> the more I think about it, it's probably both of, of what we're saying. Because the Torah isn't kept in a vacuum. By keeping the well, law of Moses, you're assuming community. Would you, would you not agree that you can't keep the Torah? You can't without without, without being the community. So, like, I, I think we're Here's actually saying who's driving the over an hour because of the thing. You also can't be in the community without keeping the Torah. You know, like that wouldn't fly. You wouldn't be. You would just be like. You wouldn't be a part of the community. You would just be someone random that is in the same place. So here, I think it is kind of like you were saying. It's like. You, oh, you want to be saved? You need to be circumcised. As opposed to here, it's like, oh, wait, you're a believer too? So are we. Now, here's what we think you should do. Now that now that we've gotten that squared away, which is possibly why it specifies that these this particular group were believers. Because that yeah. automatically means it, that the salvific yeah. thing is no longer... It's already right. off the table. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I think, yeah. just a, a real quick comment about Bellatora. I think the only reason why we've lasted is we don't mandate it the way they are. It's like, well, you're not keeping the Torah. Well, you're not keeping the Torah, right? Or look at look at your seat or, you know, your, where's your kippah? Oh, it's black. Wait, you wore a black kippah on a Tuesday? Yeah. What's wrong with you, such a noob? You know, we, don't, we don't do that. I mean, you got baseball stuff on today? No. No. <laughs> Did they lose or something? No, just, oh, yes. sorry. They, they, won. Spot. they won. There you go. So, I, I think that's one of the reasons why we have been successful in keeping our community going is because there's an expectation that you desire to be righteous and righteousness is measured, not salvific righteousness, forensic righteousness that we can touch and feel is measured by how you keep the commandments. So we would expect that you want to do that. So, so my thought on this, just, just to summarize, is that I feel like this is, go back to your question, but what's the question? What's the issue? Right. right. It's really one issue that's being confronted th by three different groups. Okay. So the issue is, what do we do with Gentiles? 
What do we do with Gentiles who have been saved? Well, no, no, it's bigger than that. So I'm saying there's three groups. Okay. Group one says, well, Gentiles can be saved if, if they become Jewish. They become Jewish. Which means that Gentiles can't be saved. Gentiles can't be saved if they stay Gentile. Okay, good. And inherently, that means they also have to keep the Torah and everything right, else right, right. part of the requirement. Group two, some of the Pharisees, are saying, okay, we, well, it, that's not how they, they don't have to be saved. They really can't participate in the community in any way unless they keep the whole Torah because they just get kind of quirky. We could get kind of scary. We don't know right. what beat we're serving. What's we don't know what they, whose hand they shook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the third group? Third group is, I contend, third group, Paul's group, is saying, look, these guys are brand new. They're noobs. They've accepted Messiah Yeshua. That's entrance to the community. We're going to teach them some basics. You to think that's going. Paul's? Wait, yes, I do. They're going to teach them some basics to get them going. They'll grow into mm -hmm. observance. Mm -hmm. Whereas they don't have to, they're not going to mandate that right away in order to be part of the community. The only way they're going to grow is if they're part of the community to start off with. This, I think, is, inconsistent, is consistent with Paul's teachings in Corinthians and True, Romans yeah. and elsewhere, yeah. where he has obviously some groups that are much more pious than others, and he's basically saying, look, kind of like what our community does, don't argue over this stuff. That's right. You guys work together because fellowship and unity is more important than uniformity when it comes to practice. Exactly. That's good. I like mm -hmm. it. I wouldn't say there were three groups. Only because I think they stomped the first group. Mm -hmm. Right? These guys show up and start teaching. Whoa, 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 whoa. These guys have to be circumcised. They need to turn Jewish in order to be saved. And as it says there in, what is it, verse 2? Paul and Barnabas had no small discussion and debate with them. And then there was an appointment to go to Jerusalem. I think even on the way, no pun intended, they, they kind of squelched that. I don't think there's another mention of salvation through conversion after that. Except I think the when they all showed up in Jerusalem, now I think it's all, okay, you're right. We're all in a grace mode here. We're saved by grace, whether we're Jew or Gentile. And, and to your point, now, what are we going to do with these guys? Ironically enough, though, salvation seems to play a role. As you pointed out, Peter references salvation. Mm -hmm. But it's not necessarily because we're trying to determine how you become saved, but rather, does the salvation requirement give an indication for the community requirement? Or, or are they two separate things? Because Peter almost seems to be implying, look, the Spirit didn't treat them like right. they had to jump through hoops to get to this place. Right. They, so why did they do that? These guys started speaking in tongues. Right. Holy cow. And so that is, I think, really where... It, because, it's so I'm saying it's very complicated. I mean, even today, you read a Jewish newspaper, and they're asking, what is a Jew? Oh, yeah. Because it's very confusing. Yeah, and for 2,000 years, that's been the, the top question. Is right. it, even though Who's orthodoxy has somewhat settled it in their own minds, yeah. it's the rest still, there's the a lot yeah. we're working through. That, well, that is sort of the model of conversion now, too, is that you don't, they don't necessarily keep you at arm's length during the process. You're actually a part of the community pretty early on, and you're sort of learning along with everybody. Right. The people that we've known who have converted, they're at the rabbi's house on Shabbos and, and participating in Passover. Yeah. There's a couple things they can't do, right. but it's definitely sort of this encouraged model where it's like, oh, 
Come and, on in. And but would, here's here's let's let's walk you through this. And would you not say that there was a box that they had to at least fit into before that? Some some prerequisites. Absolutely. See? Yeah. Yeah, which that, that's that's an excellent point, which yeah. of course is reflected. Which does seem to be what the issue is: what the prerequisites should be. Exactly. Right. We're, we're, if I mean, I mean, let's just jump jump down a little bit further um, to verse twenty-one. Whoa! Yeah, why are you passing all what? the other stuff? I just I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. we're going to run out of time. Just read twenty-one out loud, somebody. Oh. <laughs> You're missing a very good point. I'm, 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 del- I'm deliberately missing it. I'm, we're going to go back. I just want to bring us to this so that everybody else can use this in their arguments as well. 21 says, For from ancient generations Moses has had in every city those who proclaim him, for he has read every Sabbath in the synagogues. This is where Joshua wanted to jump to earlier. I mean, whatever your argument is here, whatever you think this, these groups are trying to say, you ultimately need to dovetail it with why James would close his comments with that phrase. That's critical. Why would he even mention Moses being preached in every city, every synagogue, every Shabbat? Why would he even go and touch that topic unless it was germane to what they're talking about? So... The whole assembly fell silent, just like in here. And they listened to Barnabas and Paul talk about what they did among the Gentiles. And James steps up. Ooh, I, do, I do think, though, back to Orlando's comment, we get totally missed completely. What do you think verse 10 is saying? Yes. What do I think? Placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear. Yes, that's a very important verse we need to touch on. What do you think it is? That's, that's a good point to discuss. It's the heavyweight of the word order. What is a yoke? Verse what? 5. Order them to keep the law of Moses. But, you keep know, the whole law, day one, no grace period. Okay. Is, is that the yoke that the Father's going to keep? Yeah, that's where right. it doesn't... doesn't that so. doesn't jive. <laughs> well, I think that's the big question. Because, like, that's, that's, that's always the part that's most bothered me. Because Christianity argues... This is Peter saying, don't make them keep the Torah. I mean, keeping Shabbat, holy cow, it's so hard. Right. And it's like, we've got 3,000 years of Jews keeping Shabbat. Obviously, not that hard. So that can't be what he's saying. Well, right. Yeshua says, my yoke is easy. Right. And, I thought it was the, and light. the weight of the... I thought it was because at Sinai they're saying, yes, we will do everything you tell us, and they immediately aren't doing what they're... I well, think I think it has a lot to do. And say... We actually, we don't want to hear him talk anymore. You you listen to him. I, th- I think in my opinion, it has a lot to do with the additional things that we as humans want to add to God's commandments to protect in all ways what we think God wants us to do. So we add additional commandments to them. And that's the that's added right. yoke and that's the added weight. And that's breaking one of God's commandments. When God says do not add to it or take away from it. Yeah, I don't. The, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say that there's there's nothing in the text though. The only thing that's been talked about so far was ordering them to keep the law of Moses, not the customs of the Jews. There, there, I, I didn't see anything in the text that took us beyond the Torah. The itself. Torah itself, right? So it is. Uh, so let's ask the question: 
Is getting circumcised a yoke that's unbearable? I don't think any one thing is. I think that having to do it all at once. 613 commandments all at once. I order you to No, keep. well, let's, let's be realistic. 613, have not, they're not all for men. A lot of them have to do with priests. A lot of them have to do with the land. And a lot of them have to do with women. But the, yeah, there's, but there's, there's six. There's, there's still, still many commandments. <laughs> with a temple, there's a lot going on. True. And, and we're not we're not priests. We're not the temple is not up. So let's let's but go back not, to yeah. This isn't for us. I shouldn't say that way. The the words that were spoken here though were spoken to people who were living in the temple time. Sure. So we, all six hundred thirteen were applicable to somebody. Sure. Yeah, there land and the temple. temple would have applied. So is the yoke a lot easier for us now? But question now. Here's the here's the thought. So going back to the, you like, you look at the prepositions here. Yes. So verse 11 has the word but there. So verse 10 says, so look at the, let's say, go back to the context. It seems like Peter has decided to, to hone in on what the people were talking about in verse 1. Right. Not Peter, what the people Peter are talking stood about in, in verse 5. Seven. He says verse 10, uh, verse, verse 9, Talking about God, he made no distinction between us and them, and we cleansed their hearts by faith. Talking about when the Spirit came upon this is definitely salvation. Salvation. Pete's talking then about verse salvation. ten. Why are you putting God to the test, placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we believe that we will be saved with the grace of the Lord Yeshua, just as they will. So it seems to me that when you're talking about the yoke, the way that we know our fathers, fathers are able to bear, what I'm thinking of is if you go back to. Um, to the prophets, the idea of our fathers couldn't bear, it comes to the, the point that I think he's getting at is that we, um, you can't make it an element of salvation. We've you can't, already, you can't, you can't make it the foundation for salvation because we've already proven, we've, we, our fathers, our, fa our community, the people of Israel have proven that doesn't count. Otherwise, God's already made it clear. If it weren't for the fact that he were gracious to us, he'd have wiped us out a long time ago because yeah. we don't deserve to be kept around any longer. In, in fact, it's, it's clear that Jews are not very good at being obedient or righteous or anything. Not over the whole history, sure. That's right. I mean, golden calf, right. moments later. So I think that Peter is using this, I think this verse is part of a, a broader argument that said it's attacking the people in part one as a, as a stepping stone towards what they people should be doing in response to verse 5, but it's not necessarily in reference to obeying the entire Torah or extra things or whatever else. I mean, we can we can argue or disagree or whatever else about what other things you should be keeping or not keeping or whatever. And I think that Paul's, to my point earlier, I think that Paul's saying community should be stronger than that. Sure. But I think that with a yoke that our fathers couldn't bear, I mean, even if you talk about all the extra commandments and everything else, it's like we now have 2,000 years of Lots of Jews that have been keeping that really well. I mean, I would say that the commandments from Yeshua are way harder than the, the, the Melachot on Shabbat. Sure. Because they require you to take care of attitudes and emotions and ways of things you look at. And sure. So my point is, I don't think that Peter is getting at specific commandments. I think he's getting at what do the commandments do. I, I, my opinion is, and I think we, look, we can look at what Yeshua specifically said about that. I think that yoke, that heavy burden, is added stuff. And if we look at Matthew, verse chapter 23, verse 1, 
Then, G, then Yeshua spoke to the crowd and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in the chairs of Moses. Therefore, all that they tell you, do and observe, but do not do according to their deeds, for they say things and do not do them. They tied up heavy burdens, laying them on men and shoulders, but they themselves are unwilling to move them without so much of a finger. So now Yeshua here is saying that the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, and they basically read Moses' Torah, and everything Moses is saying too, but don't do the additional stuff that the Pharisees are saying. I don't think that it says don't do the additional stuff. It actually says I think to do it. It says you should do it. No, it doesn't say that. It, it, sure. It describe, well, then we, we, we can agree to disagree. Well, the scribes and the Pharisees have sit in, in themselves in the chair of Moses. Therefore, all that they tell you, do and observe. All that right. they tell you, you are to do and the, the observe. The complaint was that but, they but, were... But listen, to, listen was, to what he's telling you. The complaint was that they were being hypocritical. They weren't doing it themselves. Not that they shouldn't do it. But the, the thing is that they were, they were sitting in Moses' seat. What they're reading about Moses is what you need to do. Not what they're telling you, the additional stuff. He didn't say that. What he said specifically was, you must do what they say. They tie heavy burdens and lay them on men. And they shoulders. don't do it themselves. Exactly. But My they heavy, should be doing it themselves. That's the heavy yoke that Peter was talking about. I don't agree. I, I think the yoke that they disagree. put on, that's I think the text says that they should be doing what they were told by them. That's, because that's, they sit in the seat of Moses. They right, have the authority. Right. What they're doing is reading what Moses was saying we should do. Because not everybody had a scripture like we, we all do out today. There's only one scroll. They read the scrolls out loud. Yes. Every Shabbat. Now, and no one else can go home and read it themselves. So they have to go and read the, have the scribe read that to them. So when you're hearing what Moses is saying, that's what you need to obey. But then they don't stop there. They continue with the commentary. That's what it says in that text. No, it doesn't say it. that. Yes, it does. Show me. I did it, but you don't see it. But that's fine. I see it. <laughs> and that's that's okay. It's fine. As I, as I like to, as I sometimes say on conference calls, let's take this offline. Yeah. Okay. Now, therefore, sure. do you not put God to the test by placing upon the neck of the disciples a yoke? So what is the yoke? I think the yoke is twofold. Two different things mm -hmm. could be. One is what Joshua said, that they are demonstrating that they cannot, because they're Jewish, because they have the lineage of Abraham, consider themselves to have a place in the, in the world to come. The burden is too, too heavy. They cannot, and they've demonstrated they cannot do it. I think there's another way that it can be looked at as well, and it works for non-Jews as well, and that is... If you think that you can earn your salvation, Jew or non-Jew, that burden is too heavy. It is a yoke you cannot bear. You need, the very next verse, we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will, not through this heavy burden of trying to save ourselves. Amen. So I think, I really think that's the bottom line, because it works for both non-Jew and Jew. This burden of trying to save yourself, Buddy, lay that, lay that burden down because he has provided salvation for us. By grace, we have been saved through faith in his son. Period. We're done. Amen. Now. And the fruit of that salvation is right. desiring now. to keep the Torah. Right. Exactly right. So now that you've been saved by him, not 
any works of yourself that you might boast, back to Ephesians 2, how should we then live? Which is the whole focus in this class. What do we do? So, we've got this perfect storm that came together. Non-Jews got saved, and Jews show up and go, no, 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 they've got to be Jewish. Okay, we slammed that one. That one's done. What was the next argument? Now what do they do? Now what do they do? They could, today they come up with the Norotai laws. Oh, just keep the Norotai laws. Which is important right. because <laughs> that's, that's what we get onto here yeah. in verse 20. Right. There are people... Oh, see, you're jumping too, huh? We have to, we have, we gotta get we got to get to this. Right. I, I say, I'm sorry, you're in charge. Go, go, you can do whatever go, you want. go. Um, but you first, don't want to start with 19? Read 19. Now. Okay, so therefore my judgment, this is James speaking, who, by the way, is known, his name was James the Just. The guy was a very pious dude. Yes. Therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God. The Gentiles who turn to God are the ones that we've been reading about prior to this in that first missionary journey. These are the guys who Peter saw and Paul and Barnabas are seeing, and they're getting the Spirit, speaking in tongues. They are being saved. So that is what turning to God means. Go ahead. But should write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols. Number one. From sexual immorality. Number two. And from what has been strangled. Number three. And from blood. Number four. Now I tell you what, in your concert B-flat church, those don't mean anything. Yeah, we're missing at least two of them. <laughs> you can watch on uh, YouTube a video of the, in, a lot of Gentiles in, in Jerusalem actually going through the, the process. Of doing these four? Yeah. Well, no, like, and not only that, they're, they're in a group, they're, and then the, the Jews are accepting them. And then they'll never become, you know, full-fledged Jews, but well, righteous Gentiles. Well, that's Noahide, except for robbery. Well, righteous Gentiles. That's the question, I guess, is, um, uh, first off, Christianity quickly loses all of their feet to stand on because... They don't care about strangled blood or even really things polluted by idols. So <laughs> all of the, the Christian commandments quickly lose lose their groundwork. Well, but the Noahide laws, though, I don't think it lines up perfectly no, with that exactly. either. No. So I don't but, think that's what he's getting at. What are the Noahide laws for? They're the replacement for the Torah. Exactly. And yet, what does James close with? Verse 21. The Torah. They're going to hear the Torah. And this goes back to your... Prepositions. What's the word he says? He said we should, should write to them to abstain from these things for or because from ancient generations Moses has had in every city those who proclaim him. If you think about where it, he is read every Sabbath in, in the, the synagogues. synagogues. And it's important. Now, wait a minute. Oh. Where are the non Jews going to be? In the synagogues. Well, we can only Jews. With the Jews. Because that's exactly what's been happening. So Paul is going to these places. He's going to the synagogues. He's not going to the you know, the uh, gymnasiums. And so these non-Jews, part of the crisis that's emerging is these non-Jews are coming to the synagogue. Right. And that's creating tension and right. confusion and right. issues. So um, it seems to me, and I, I think we're all in agreement on this one, that James's point here is to say at the end of the, um, at the, end of the day, if these people are going to hear the Torah. Right. And if their hearts have really been changed, if they really want to serve God, they will learn it, and they will keep it. It's just like Orlando just said. We will desire 
to yeah. please him. And encourage him what they're doing. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. So if that's where he's coming from, then these four things probably have little to do with the Noahide laws, if anything. So why these four? And Brook Ward, what were you saying? Yeah, prerequisite, but I mean, they're, they're an interesting one. I, I definitely agreed, Joshua, your point was Yeshua's laws or the, his commandments that he reiterated were really hard ones, right? Mm -hmm. Like, love the Lord your God, love your neighbors. Those, no, no, those are huge right. commandments. Keep, but keep in mind, he got those out of the Torah. Oh, right. right. I, no, I know. Yeah. Okay. No, but I'm saying like that <laughs> was a strict included. interpretation of those commandments. That wasn't no, necessarily included in this prerequisite because those require a lot of study and, and uh, those, those are just very big and hard mm -hmm. to keep. These okay. are more practical. They okay. are four things that you don't do instead of mm -hmm. things that you That's do. Very good All right. So we've got negative ones. Right. So you've got negative four commands. negative commands. That's very um, and So it's, uh, it's not so much about what you do. It's steer clear from these things. Don't do them. Right. And, and to your point, they're much more straightforward. I mean, if you ever, you know, we, we studied the Melchot of Shabbat. It took us, what, 14 weeks? Oh, my goodness. Wow, it's a lot. Yeah. So, and, then, and then we're like, I mean, okay, can we open the book? Yeah. Regardless of whether or not you agree if you're supposed to do it or not, the point is that any one of, maybe, even if you go to like just the generic, what does the Torah say explicitly about Shabbat? You got four or five different things at least. Right. These are, as you're pointing, I mean, they're one-to-one. -one. Exactly. Yeah. Scott, what were you going to yeah. say? Well, I was just going to say that the, the two other things that jump out to me with these four is that it's going to set them apart mm -hmm. from, from, the, from the people that they've normally been associating with. From the with. folks they used to hang with. Absolutely. And it's going, to, it's going to push them towards the people that they should be Ooh, associating with. Well, like yeah. like and it. I would say, even to your point, Joshua, these are things that give the Jews peace of mind that they're not becoming defiled by hanging out with them right. before they go into the temple. Right. Right. Which is exactly what we hear about later on. Next week you're going to be studying Galatians. So what does Paul say right up in the front? Even Peter, when these guys showed up from James, meaning they came from Jerusalem, Peter pulled back and would no longer eat with the non-Jews. He would only eat with the Jews. Why would he do that? What would cause him to do that? From his history, from his past, what was what was the halakha? Don't eat with non-Jews. Jews don't eat with non-Jews. In fact, he had a whole vision about that. Kind of forgot that, I guess. But there we go. So well, they were considered unclean. So they exactly figured, right. they did all right. these things. Right. They so were semi-clean. So they're going to now they can come in. They're going to cause a problem. So we, we get where, where they're coming from. So in, in English, what am I supposed to abstain from? What am I supposed to not do? What are these four things? If you had one word, I would say abstain from paganism, really. Okay, we, but, but give me some specifics. In English, today's vernacular, what should I not do? I'm just going to put myself in this category of non-Jew who turned to God. Okay. Here I am. What am I not top four that I'm not supposed to do? I mean, we talk about this when I was growing up in the church. You're going to go make disciples. Well, what do you do to make a disciple? Well, if you've led him to Christ, you, what do you tell him to do? Okay. Well, so. if he works at a strip joint, 
You tell him to stop working right. at the strip joint. Well, if it's regular practice to go and get schnuckered every night, you tell him not to go get schnuckered every night. Gentlemen, your dad is going to review all of this with you tomorrow morning. <laughs> so, if I had to list four modern things, that's that what I want. Give play me out of that, this. That, that play from this. I mean, this, these are examples. Obviously, it's not right. comprehensive. Um, avoiding meat offered through halal. Okay, so halal meat that that the uh, Muslims would do, which is that which is sanctified to their deity. Good. Okay. Um, don't cheat on your spouse. Okay. Um, don't have premarital sex. Right, those things would fit in there. Okay. Um, uh, don't. This is good. Come on, bring, hey, bring I mean, it home on this one. You don't eat roadkill. Don't eat roadkill. Wait a second. Wait a second. No, I'm not buying. And don't and don't eat blood sausage. <laughs> okay, no blood sausage. I get the last so, one. No you, you can do better. You can do better on sausage even if it doesn't have blood. You can, you can do better on the strangler. <laughs> do you have a good modern example? I mean, it, uh, there are cultures that still do strangles. So yeah. This is definitely still out there, but it's very rare, I think, in the United States. Unless you interpret it like Orthodox Judaism does. But if we're taking well, a more literal I, approach, then it's... I, from a literal approach, I would have a problem with putting strangled and blood in the same category. I don't think they're food. I think the strangled one is food. Watch how the animals are killed, generically. Okay. And the blood one would be more of murder. It might be. And well, my dad, altercations, you know. My dad has gone through these and compared them to the four things that people, that God lists, I think is it Ezekiel, Jeremiah, about what gets you kicked out of the land. Yeah. And in those four, the fourth one is murder. Yeah. So if you think about blood as in shedding blood. Right. And that also could work. Yeah, and, and I think if if you tend to get in barroom brawls every weekend, you know, and you've got a you know a, a big black eye, and you know you've bloodied somebody's nose and, and all of that, and that's your regular habit of life. Joshua loves living like that. I can tell. <laughs> then you know I would I would think if you come to Messiah and turn to God, no more black eye. You, you should not be getting in fights like this. But the, the, the danger here is this is a very short list. And if you are, we, we are not in this group, those groups who look to this list like a Noahide list and say this is all the Gentiles are supposed to do, we're missing some huge ones. You mentioned robbery's not in there. Yeah. Lying isn't in here. Yeah. Taking the Lord's name in vain isn't in here. Honoring yeah. elders and uh, father and mother. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. huge sure. ones that we're but, missing. But well, again... They'll listen to that every Sabbath. But exactly. That, right. His point wasn't right. to make them righteous overnight. It was to get them so that they could hear Absolutely. the Torah. That's my point, though, is it's the only logical explanation. Because if you say this is comprehensive, you're going to have a bunch of hoodlums. That's right. Ne'er do wells. I mean, well, yeah. it's going to be a mess. Yeah. And if well, that's what Christianity is. That's exactly true. But, but what do you, what's the point, though, is that, like, Paul then has no leg to stand on for 90% of the commandments that he issues in his epistles because they don't fit in these four categories. That's right. Yeah. So, so obviously, this is not a comprehensive list of how you should act, or actually, this is a, a list of how you shouldn't act. Right. Okay. Um, it's a good start. But, Starting point. but yeah, if well, you're coming from a pagan culture, right. these are huge. This, I, this is going to calm you down considerably <laughs> and at least make you presentable. This is putting the, you know, the bow tie on the pig to get you over to the kosher wedding. Uh, it's, not really, it's not really as, that much to them. It is 
But it's really for the synagogue to accept them. Exactly. Well, yeah. It, or, or, I keep or, thinking. Or, or more than the synagogue, the people in the synagogue yeah. after the synagogue service is over mm -hmm. and they're about to eat. Mm -hmm. What are you doing with this guy? Mm -hmm. Where is he? Yeah. He brought a covered dish supper. Uh oh. <laughs> I wonder where that came from. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Which one was Which plate? I'm sorry. Which plate did you bring? Martha, that was not a plate. I was even thinking yeah. when they walk in, you know, like you just want to have the confidence to know you could shake his hand. hand. <laughs> you know? Oh man! All right. But I like I like Mr. Martin's point to that. This also would set them apart because all of these things, depending how you interpret blood, are big parts of pagan culture. Mm -hmm. And if you're not doing this stuff, you get, I mean, look at us. Like, okay, I, I don't keep every one of the rabbinic instructions, but I've got tzitzit and I've got a kippah on and I am instantly identified. singled out and identified with the broader Jewish people. You and me both. So if you're living in a, in, in a and, and even before I was wearing a kippah and tzitzit, I'm taking random Tuesdays off during the year for holidays. I'm eating weird crackers for an entire week. You gotta stop working at sundown on Friday. I, I, and they're I, like, I, you, what do you mean you're leaving? My, my neighbors are all trying to figure out what sundown? that weird hut sun is. Sundown. Yeah, right? <laughs> we, we started working at sunup, son. What's wrong with you? <laughs> that weird hut I put in my backyard for a week in the middle yes, of right, the hut. Yeah, you know, yeah. all these different types of things. It's very quickly obvious I'm not one of them. Yeah, exactly. And right. if, in this culture, especially these types of the, the, these categories are fundamental to a idolatrous culture. You're no longer part of the religion of the majority. Yeah. And that's a big deal because atheism's not common now. Right. Everyone's a pagan. Yeah. Cutting yourselves for the dead, being involved in 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 weird animal sacrifices and so forth, um, a lot of sexual immorality in the pagan temples. I mean just going to the temple is is probably gonna have all four things <laughs> knocked out. Right? I mean boom, you just blew it. Um, I can remember working with young men and discipling young men. I mean, we spent years going through this, trying to bring young men alongside. And truly, the first thing you need to do is just put a little bit of shine on that pig so you can get him acceptable to everybody else so that he'll show up. So that he feels comfortable showing up, mm -hmm. you know, that, so he doesn't get made fun of and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, there was the short list that you came up with to just try and give him some guidance so that he could learn to move out of that, that old lifestyle and move into that new one. Well, yeah, the two, the first two really touch on the longevity of the person's involvement because those are the two that are specifically called out in the Torah that will lead you astray. Yeah. Women and mm -hmm. idol worshippers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. So it's, you're, you're also taking care of the, the, the sirens out there, so to speak, that, that will try to lure you away from this faith and this walk. Yeah. So I, I get that question. So basically on 10, Paul is telling them and to test God by placing upon them, underneath them, disciples a yoke neither the fathers, or they have been able to bear. And then we go here, and then they start putting a yoke on them by time when they, you know, they need to change their way of life. Yeah. So would, what would, is the distinction of the yoke and 
the commandments. Because I think the yoke has nothing to do with the commandments. I think so, yoke, so my point is, what is the yoke? I think my that the yoke, is the yoke. I think the yoke is the attempt to save yourself. It is a yoke that they've never been able to bear. They put it on the, themselves. The, the yoke so is saying to somebody, if you want to be justified, you have to, be, you have to do it yourself. Right. So That's so, like impossible. Got it. Salvation okay, so, through words, salvation through faith. Not the main not to do the works, but because I mean, some, yeah, they were they were busting their butts and and going crazy trying to figure out how they could justify themselves, and that right, was which impossible is, to ever. You couldn't even do that. No, I mean, I, I mean, to a Jew, I mean, I remember a, a rabbi telling me, look, the explanation to that is this: we as Jews, if God had a commandment to fill a glass of water half full, we as Jews fill it all the way to the top. Because we don't want to miss that halfway mark. So we fill it all the way to the top and overflow it. That is the yoke. To me, that's the yoke that's not bearable. In other words, it's adding the additional burden of trying to keep... We're not saying it. Do you guys see that or no? No. No? Not really. Only because I know of a lot of Jews who do all of those things. I mean, like I said, way harder... (laughs) Not to be jealous, not to be proud. Then, I mean, the Shulchan Aruch was lists out all of the extra stuff. They're all things that you can do. I mean, very without thinking, without changing an attitude, you can do them and still act. In fact, the, Shul, the rabbinic text goes on to say you can actually do all the extra stuff and still be a wicked person. True, right? And I think I think it's, it's easy to to get past it if you look at how how he. he frames this. He says we don't want to put a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear. If you're talking to if to Paul he didn't have any problem with the yoke. He didn't have any problem with if that's the yeah, yoke. He said he was blameless. He said he was blameless. He had no problem doing it. He didn't consider it a yoke. It wasn't a problem. That couldn't have been it because they did it. They, they made up or received what they thought was how to actually accomplish the commandments. And they did it. That wasn't the problem. And our fathers, he says, if he's talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob right here, they're before the Torah. And it would have been before the oral law. So it couldn't have been additional commandments or anything like that. I think we're talking about the burden of trying to prove ourselves righteous enough before God, which Paul argues later on, you cannot do this. Mm-hmm. This is his whole premise for the first half of Romans, mm-hmm. is to say, it, it, yeah, he can raise up, you know, from these stones, he can raise up. And that's why it's Abraham. so significant in Hebrews that Abraham was justified by faith. The same in James, right. where it reiterates that over and over again. Before he as was if, circumcised. Right, right, as if there was a point where perhaps Abraham didn't think it was right. faith that justified him, and then all of a right. sudden... It wasn't that he was Jewish. But but the Jews have the Talmud, and the Talmud is loaded, loaded to the hill with a yoke that's... But but the Talmud was not written when this was done. But but also, just as a side note, I don't think... I'm just saying, you can argue this topic is a separate side issue, but I don't think that this chapter is addressing whether or not you're keeping the extra stuff. Oh, that's not the yoke? So, So you're saying plainly it was God's clean... A core 
to come out. No, no, no. No, that's not the yoke. No, that the yoke oh. was what you're saying. I'm saying that, that the yoke is trying to prove yourself yeah. righteous before God. To earn that salvation, earn your salvation by keeping those commandments. That's right. Which you cannot do. Or which was the, which is a, which goes into a, I agree with that at the beginning where they say if they're not circumcised they won't be saved. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I think Peter's getting. Right. Did you want to touch at all on the journey? I wanted to go to the to the bottom here because there's a slight difference. I don't know if you re- if you saw it. Oh, the orders. Well, there's a slight difference between what James says, verse 19. Therefore, my judgment is, and then the letter he actually writes. Mm-hmm. Right. So the letter. Uh, begins in 23 the brothers both the apostles and the elders to the brothers who are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia greetings okay cool so these guys are part of the assembly since we've heard that some persons have gone out from us and troubled you with words unsettling your minds although we gave them no instructions it seemed good to us having come to one accord to choose men to send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul men who have risked their lives in the name of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same things by word of mouth. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements. These should be the same four things that James said to the group. That you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols. Okay, that's evidently the polluted by idols deal, right? Mm -hmm. Second, from blood. That's interesting. It's a different order. From what has been strangled, that's definitely food. Blood, maybe not. Maybe it is. And from sexual immorality. So, why is the order different? I mean, the blood thing can seem like food if it's put right after the strangled deal. But if it's beforehand... I don't know. There's a big thing about blood. We're supposed to pour the blood out on the ground. We are not to eat blood. Period. Maybe it's a food thing. We're also supposed to be men of peace. And if man sheds blood, by man shall his blood be shed. So it could be a murder deal. I'm just thinking that the order... The order is supposed to make us realize something. And I don't know what it is. It's not a transfusion. <laughs> right. <laughs> or is it? I don't know. What's Mormons, it? right? Mormons, yeah. Mormons? Jehovah's no, Jehovah's Witnesses. Is Jehovah's Witnesses one okay. Jehovah's Witnesses. Yep. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well, fare well. And it's interesting that, and this goes back to what or earlier question on um, what the church like to say with this, or even what um, some of, well, doesn't really touch on the divine education people as much. But in chapter 16, which you also had to read this week, Paul has Timothy circumcised. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, his mother is Jewish, but what's interesting about that is. I don't think that's why. No, well, no, not exactly. But no, I don't think ultimately. His father's Greek. I think that's why. Oh, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a big reason. Uh, obviously, he wasn't circumcised at the time, so right. um, that would be the reason for that, probably. Yes. Uh, but it does seem to me, though, that it's almost like um, if Paul obviously doesn't see general circumcision as a problem. 
That's well, I, I agree with that. And I think the only time he has a problem with circumcision is if you're being circumcised in order to be saved. Right. Because, right. I mean, his whole argument in, in Galatians is going to chew yeah. that right up. Well, but right. But as a response to someone that would say, oh, four things, that's it, we're done. Then you see Paul right away go, oh, well, no, look, look man, you, you need to get circumcised. So, I, I, yeah, I see your point. Okay. Good. Good. I was surprised when I read this about the reaction from the non-Jews. When they got back, I, what do you think the non-Jews were thinking they were for the time it took them to get all the way down to Jerusalem, go through this rigmarole, and then get all the way back up there? I mean, you know, there was no transporter, and they certainly weren't flying. You know, this is like camels and walking and stuff, and just, you know, horrendous things like that. I mean, this is a burden. So, maybe they were thinking, wow, maybe we can't turn to God. Maybe, maybe we can't be saved this way. You know, whatever. I don't know. But they were rejoicing because of the encouragement in this letter. You're doing good. We're, we're grooving. It's huge. It's I a mean, big deal for them. To a, on, a, on a way smaller level, you know, uh, Rabbi Give Hell was down here one time. Um, and just the fact that he talks to us. Rabbi Laffin sat in this room and gave a tour to Sure. I mean, uh, we, rabbi, had one, uh, we had one uh, rabbi uh, guy show up. Um, he's staying at Greg's house. Came over and we prayed together. Yeah. And he's given us tips on how to put on our tefillin. That's right. You know. So and found a bow in mine. Yeah. That that level of acceptance. Yeah. Regardless of whether or not you're arguing about what you're doing, not doing, all that stuff, the fact that he accepts us as being enough of the group that we get on the inside circle is enormous. Well, you were sitting right here in this room when one of those rabbis looked us dead in the eye and said, well, then we're mishpacha, we're family. That's big. That's big. But and we're, that's, we're keeping the Torah. Well, right. But that's, but that's only like one or two guys who are outliers. I mean, in this case... They're still orthodox. They are. But this, but this, community, this community is being told by the elders of their community... It would be as though, like, the Orthodox Union and Chabad and all, they all got together and said, you guys are cool. Boy, we'd have a party. That's we'd right. like, we would, exactly. we'd not be on the same page and everything, but at least we have, so you know, we have, community. We have never experienced that kind of inclusion as non-Jews. And that's basically what they're going through that's right exactly here. exactly right. But we're missing, we're, we're missing a very important point here. They have to accept Yeshua, you know. Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, no, no. What is the point of getting accepted by them if they don't accept the guy we're following? Yeshua. Well, I hear what you're saying. I'm just saying that like... <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's not miss the point here. No, the most no, no, important no. point is Yeshua. There, there's no question about that. Yeshua. I think the point of the these non-Jews yes, yeah. is that the Jews, all of whom accepted Yeshua, Yeshua yeah, they were, that, were accepting right. them, Gentiles right. coming in so they Correct. can learn Moses. Correct. Again, they were going into a group of Pharisees and believers of Yeshua. They weren't going into a temple of guys who didn't believe in Yeshua. No question. So that we got to keep focus on. Because, you know, we don't want to be accepted by the Jewish community that doesn't believe in Yeshua. What do we gain by that? Oh, I think we gain the opportunity to witness. Nah, what they want to do is transform you into their state. Not the people that I'm dealing with. Not the rabbis that I'm talking to. You know, they, I'm, they, I'm excited about the opportunity to sit here and, and read and the you know apostolic what? Maybe scripture. Maybe the Lord is calling you to do that, to witness to them. Maybe. That would be fantastic. 
absolutely. Because so far, all, all the Jews that come to the Lord, and I was talking to Greg yesterday in his house, is basically those who are nominal Jews, you know, walked away from, from the synagogue, walked away from their faith. Christianity grabs them. They accept Jesus. And then years later, they start going, they start realizing, oh, wait a minute, I got to get back to my Jewish Hebraic roots. There's also Orthodox Jews that are coming to Yeah, they are. As well. They definitely are. Very few and far in between. But look, we see them here. There's got to be some now. Absolutely. You bet. All right. But we got to keep focus on that. It's Yeshua that they need to come to know. Oh, absolutely. No question. But we're focusing on the non-Jews here. So that's Paul's ministry, and that's what we walk right into, because you mentioned I brought that up in, where is it, 16? I had to read. Yeah, because the other thing Yeshua said is, don't be surprised when you go to the synagogue and they throw you out because you believe in me. Right, although I guess the thing I was getting at is that with, in this particular case, it wasn't Yeshua that was a disagreement. They agreed on that. That's right. It yes. was the fact that they were non-Jews. Absolutely. And, and that, so the fact that they had crossed that hurdle was something yes. to rejoice over. And had yes. it just kept going, it would have been wonderful. What is it that actually messed that up? Because remember we talked last week or the week before that we're talking about 47 to 50 of the common era. What broke this spell? Two things. No, that's later. That's that's the second or final Jewish revolt, and that would be about 130, 135. It was before this. What happened in 66? The temple's destroyed and Jerusalem sacked? That was seven. But what started it? It happened in 66. Actually, it happened right before 66. It's the same thing that we hate. It's today. No, wait. What's today? It's today. What's today? Last day of Pesach. It's tax day, guys. It's tax day. I wouldn't know. Fiscus Judaica. They started taxing the Jews over the top. And it was destroying them financially. Right. That's the first thing that started to break this spell. What did the Gentiles do? What did the non-Jews do? Not with them. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not Jewish. Yeah. So they started to push away. Then the second thing. What was the second thing? It started taxing anybody who just went into the synagogue? No. The tax thing was the, was the big thing. That the Jews were burdened by that, and the non-Jews started to claim that they weren't part of the Jewish community. But more than that, when the Jews revolted, the non-Jews did not help. And the force of Rome came against the Jews. And when Jerusalem was surrounded, those that had listened to the Master left town. And it put a wedge between them. And that's when they started being pushed out of the synagogues and weren't available anymore. Now you've got Paul visiting, looking at, you know, the synagogue and trying to find Jews that will listen to the to the message of the gospel and then in the evening after Havdalah meeting with the non-Jews and preaching to them what I thought was interesting in, in chapter 16 as you read through that and then we need to wrap up here um, was that, that Paul experiences a very different type of persecution than we've been seeing up until now so there's been some disagreement over how to handle the Jews 
um, and, and Gentiles rather by the Jews, and that's created some problems for Paul. But in, in chapter 16, he actually runs into straight up classic anti-Semitism. Exactly that was rather intriguing. It was he's in a Gentile community. He does something the Gentile leadership really doesn't like. He casts out the demon of this, you know, mentalist Finances type character. Again. Yeah. yeah. And they um, and as a result, they he gets a, they get mob attacked, dragged before the local leadership, who and the, what's the accusation? These men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. This is straight almost a quote from Haman. Yeah. It's exactly Boo. right. Yeah. Boo. Boo. Yeah. It is it is a big anti Semite type deal. And if he's not being chased by anti Semites, he's being chased by Jews. Which makes having this, a rough day. Which, which which makes this jailer conversion story all the more remarkable because the jailer is and, and even the rest of the people who lived here, they lived in an anti Semitic part of the world. And yet they gravitated towards a religion led by Jews. And they, he saw this miracle. And by the Jewish Messiah. He saw this miracle. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. I hope that we would be those kind of people that when yeah. it's hard to look and act like the Jews do, that we would be willing to stand up and be those people right. even then. Right now it's easy. I mean, you might get sideways looks, and that's the worst that's going to happen to you. Yeah. But, you know, in other parts of the world, that's not true. It's scary. Yeah. Mm. They'll kill you. Mm. So. Final comments? That reminds me of the movie uh, The Hiding Place. Have you seen that? Mm. Mm -hmm. No, but I've read the book. Beautiful. Oh, it's yeah. the same thing. I've read the yeah. book. Some of the story. Mm. Anything else? Amen. If we're, if we're moving to the um, conversion story of the jailer, I do have a comment. Go ahead. We're, we're just there. Um, what I found interesting was that what it's, it's, it was interesting that the police were Roman citizens. And also when the magistrate found out that the police were Roman citizens, he was like, he, he apologized. Yeah, not that the police were um, Roman citizens. It's that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. Oh, Oh, I got to. Oh, okay. And because you're a Roman citizen, you can't be. Um, Trials. They had a right to trial. Yeah, you can't be dealt with without a trial. Oh, and they okay. were whipped, and publicly at that. Okay. So and that's why they were afraid, because that was a big deal. Yeah. yeah. I heard that, that if Paul and Silas had sued them, then they could have been liable to death. I don't know about liable to death, but it would have been a big deal for sure. You bet. They were afraid. They were definitely afraid. Paul, Paul plays this Roman card a couple of times. He does. It's pretty ironic. He does. He also plays the Pharisee against the Sadducee thing later yeah. on, you'll see. But, uh, That's one thing that's interesting. God chose a very interesting character for this. I think as you read through chapter 16, and the end of 15, of course, his argument with Barnabas, yeah. you find that Paul is a very feisty fellow. And every now and again, he says things to get him into trouble. Yeah. Sometimes they're really good things. Sometimes they're neutral Sometimes he makes mistakes, but it's really funny because as we get into the epistles, knowing that about Paul, I think, helps because otherwise, sometimes you read this stuff and you're like, whoa, this is so intense. Like, Who would, who would want to spend any time with this guy? Well, and also you think in yourself, like, like, I mean, it sounds like he's saying we shouldn't do this, we should do this, and it's like, Paul's fiery. That means he tends to be 
Well, I think you, you're right. Emphatic. You're right. I think he is fiery, and he, and he is emphatic. But we need to remember, as we're going to get into the, the epistles, in almost every occasion, he's writing a letter to an assembly because they've got something wrong. Mm -hmm. They've got problems, and he wants to fix it. And that feistiness comes in pretty handy at that mm -hmm. point. It does. So for the, for the church to say that the gospel and acts are descriptive, and the epistles are prescriptive, to me, seem to be completely out of whack. To me, it's the Gospels and the Acts which are prescriptive for my behavior. And the epistles, the epistles are descriptive of the assembly's behavior and the appropriate correction. Hmm. That, that theology is absolutely opposite what, what is being taught in the seminaries today hmm. and what the churches are preaching. The fact that the master said this, said that, did this, to kept the Sabbath, not relevant. The epistles are almost like FAQs. Yeah. yeah. You, you want to know whether or not you should uh, commit adultery and sleep with your, your father's wife. The answer would be no. Uh, that'd be no. Yeah, we're going to put that in a no. <laughs> and do you know what to do if someone in your community is doing that? That's right. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. I'm... I'm astonished that uh, we've got so much written down and, and most of the church has it so backwards. So to summarize, we have rejoicing non-Jews who, who have turned to God and Messiah Yeshua in Antioch. And Paul sets out for his second missionary journey. I gave you, um, I, I tried to give you a fairly good map this time that not only showed where he went, but then showed you what those real countries are today. Um, the fact that uh, ISIS was uh, commending uh, President Erdogan. Er Erdogan? Erdogan? It's Erdogan because the G is a weird sound. The G is a Turkish. weird sound. Okay, so President E of Turkey, the, his his amendment or whatever it was to their constitution passed, so their prime minister has been done away with. Not physically, they just got rid of the, the office, and he has more power now. And ISIS applauded him. That was a really good deal. Turkey is where um, Paul has spent the vast majority of his time when, uh, when he writes uh, to, the, to the churches uh, in Galatia and so forth, that's where he is. That's Turkey. When uh, when John later is going to write to the seven churches, that's where they are. They're in Turkey. So when you're seeing Turkey going on uh, in uh, in the news, you can uh, take heart. So time-wise, like I said, we're we're just shy of sixty in the common era. And since we're going through the apostolic writings chronologically, we're going to skip out of Acts now. And next week, you'll come prepared, having read the first three chapters of the book of Galatians. Because it's at this point that he writes to them. Because if you look at the map, the guys that went up, not being sent by anybody, and who said, if you want to be saved, you've got to be Jewish, they're in Antioch. What's just this way <laughs> from Antioch? Galatia. Yeah, the whole area of Turkey or Galatia. 
So that's why these guys must have kept going. They, they were going north and they must have kept going. And he writes to those assemblies to say, guys, who has bewitched you? How could you so easily fall into this? There's that feistiness again. That feistiness, exactly. But I think it's good at this good point, right? Sometimes a bad feistiness. Sometimes it's you got to get cold on the carpet. Yeah. I definitely read, read in like an Italian New York accent, like, what's the matter <laughs> what's with you? The matter Tell with them you? to come get me, you know? <laughs> or, hey, I'm walking you. So you're going to read the first half of Galatians. It's six chapters long. The first half should be pretty light. It's not bad. Uh, I, I'm asking you to read it through as quick as you can. And then go back and slow down and read it a little slower. But I think you'll find that he's making a couple of points. And we're just going to talk about those points. I can see that there are, we're, there are a lot of, there have been a lot of changes to our world. In this, in this map. Yeah, no, no question about it. And some huge so, changes over there. So that's the deal. All righty. Thank you, gents. Let's uh, let's close in prayer. Jonathan, yes, sir. Would you close us in prayer? Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the week of study you've given us. We thank you for this community to all come together and just uh, to speak about you and. Uh, uplift you and to praise you in these manners and uh father just got our eyes and heart and as as we get back into your word and just uh show us all the points and all the fine details of you we love you and we thank you in yeshua's name amen amen, amen. thank you john all right we'll see you